helping disciple makers ignite a movement locally and globally. This is the Disciple First Podcast. Now, here's your host, Craig Etheridge. Welcome back to the Disciple First Podcast. My name is Craig Etheridge. I'm your host. And this is a podcast by disciple makers and for disciple makers. Today, I'm really excited to have on the show here uh, my good friend David Fidelli. David Fidelli has served in churches in Mississippi and college and student ministry. He was also a part of student mobilization and was on the first traveling team in back in 1999 and year 2000. But for the last 10 years, He's been serving on uh, the church staff here at First Colleyville in Colleyville, Texas. Um, David has done just about every job you can think of from uh, working with kids, uh, working with adults, uh, being an intern, and then moving most recently into our uh, kids ministry where he is the lead um, staffer on that uh, position. He leads a, a team to make disciples within our kids ministry. He is fundamental uh, also in the launch of our brand new children's facility. And so David has really become uh, a, a prominent speaker in the state of Texas and through Flashpoint conferences across the country in this specific field of how do I make disciples in kids' ministry. So uh, I'm really excited, David, to have you uh, here on the show. Well, I'm so glad to, to be a part of it. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I uh, listen to the podcast often, and uh, personally, I've uh, really enjoyed it, and and I'm honored to uh, to be on uh, the show today. Thank you. Well, you bet, buddy. So let's just dive right into it. Yeah. Uh, we, we wanted to talk today about uh, kids ministry and disciple making, and quite honestly, a lot of people don't put those two pieces together, do they? No, they really don't. Uh, you know, kids ministry, uh, by and large, has really just been about kids for so long, and and you know it's it served our church as well for for many many years and many of us can you know give testimony to you know what they learned about Jesus in in their kids ministry when they were young and 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 Christ was was really glorified in those things um today though we're we're seeing some some changes we're you know in an ever changing world and a very complex family environment uh kids ministry is is changing a lot and and we're seeing that there is a shift that's moving away from your your standard. Uh, let's focus on kids and let's just offer some fun programming to really now coming alongside you know moms and dads and and really helping to train them um, to to do the work that Jesus has called them to do. At First Colleyville, we we strive to um, to help moms and dads mm-hmm. become. Uh, become the lead faith trainer of their home, and and we we pull that right out of God's word. From uh, really, it's a it's a marriage between you know Deuteronomy six and in uh, Matthew twenty eight that moms and dads their responsibility is to train up their children, to discipline them, to to help them to to walk and and, and be trained to walk with Christ and uh, and be be disciples and make disciples for a lifetime. So. So that that's what we're we're calling parents to, and uh, and and it's a new thing. You know, there there there's a there's a new thing happening in kids ministry today that that is helping us to uh, to take to take these steps to you know to to lead our parents to be disciples and disciple makers as they lead their kids to be disciples and disciple makers. 
So what does that look like in the context of a church? Because I think most parents say, hey, that's what I want. I want to be a disciple right. maker in my home, but yet kids' ministry is mostly just about games. And you know, That sounds a little harsh, um, but maybe not as strategically thinking about that. Um, right. So how does a church and the parent fit together in this endeavor to make disciples of their children? You know, I think that's a great question, and I really think that it starts, this whole conversation really starts with really identifying what is the end product that we want to produce, both in the home and in the church, and and, and really recognizing that that there is a strategic partnership uh, that has to happen between the church and the home. In other words, it's not all the church's responsibility. Um, even though it is primarily mom and dad's responsibility, it is not all their responsibility. We're working together. And, you know, God put us in the community, he put us in, in a body together to, you know, to really invest and, 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 and help us to see our kids come to faith in Christ and help them walk with Christ for a lifetime. And so it starts with that end product. What are we trying to produce? Um, you know, in some cases in churches, whether it be kids, students, or adults, we're really talking about, you know, is it, is it baptisms we're looking for? Is it conversion growth rate we're looking for? Is it well-attended events that we're looking for? Uh, is it full services that we're looking for? What is it that is our end product? And the way I would articulate that is today, what we're really redefining as the end product is that we're wanting to produce uh, disciples and disciple makers. In other words, when we're looking at a five-year-old, a six-year-old, 10-year-old, whatever the case may be, um, we're not wanting for them just to be morally good. We're not wanting them to act good. We're not even really wanting them just to simply know about Jesus and, and, and know even a gospel presentation or know stories from the Bible. We're looking at them and saying success for us in kids ministry and family ministry today is that that child will explore the claims of Christ, get answers to their questions, connect with Christ and salvation, connect with the church learn how to feed themselves by growing up in their faith and then going out and being a disciple and making disciples for a lifetime. Cause that child, you know, Lord willing, that child's going to grow up. He's going to become, or she's going to become a young, you know, young woman, a young man. They're going to become young adults. They're going to become a, a husband and a wife. Um, and we want for them to be able to walk with Jesus during all of those seasons of their life. We want for them to be able to, uh, make disciples in the context of their own home, walking with Christ every day. You know, we want for them to to be able to do that when they get when they get older, when 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 they become a you know um, an older adult that that they can look back over those years and say, you know, the success in my walk with Christ really started with my parents, my grandparents, whoever was that lead faith trainer, and the partnership with the church to help produce in me what I am today. And so I think it really starts with the end product. We have to decide what is it that we're wanting to produce. And then once we determine what that end product is, uh, then we have to create a, you know, a challenging yet attainable, you know, process and strategy that will help us achieve that end product. And, and, and what I would submit to, uh, you know, to a, a family pastor, a kids pastor, a student pastor, a senior pastor, even executive pastor, all across the board, I would submit that we need to look at the life of Jesus to determine what that plan is. In other words, if we want to produce a child who grows up to be 
a disciple that makes disciples that makes disciples that makes disciples. It's kind of how we say it. Then, then we want to create a process that, that was given to us by Jesus to work those kids through so that they can be disciples and make disciples. And, and then once that process is developed, um, you know, then we want to evaluate our programming and our ministry to determine whether or not those things that we're doing fit in that process. In other words, if still so like at First Colleyville, we want to, um, you know, we walked through a two-year season as a staff, and we looked at the life of Christ using um, some very strategic, you know, materials, some very strategic you know, um, theology types of, of materials to say, what did Jesus do? What was he really all about? Let's look at his model and his methods so that we can follow his example. You know, first John two, six says, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. And we just believed by faith that Jesus had a plan and a model and a method that we could follow to achieve that end of making disciples and make disciples. So, so we look at that same thing in, in kids ministry and, in and, and even at First Colleyville, when we walked through that process, we found that there were really four things. It was the, the come and see. Jesus invited them to come and see. That's the, you know, that's, that's what we call at First Colleyville the explore. Uh, we found the, um, uh, the come and follow, where we call that connect. Um, you know, the next one was to come and be with, where, you know, he called them to himself, and then he sent them out to preach. Um, and then, you know, to go and multiply, to go make disciples. And so when thinking about a process, we want to think through the life of Jesus. We want to look at those types of invitations and how does that fit. But then we want to make sure that our programming fits that whatever that process is that we come up with, whether it's the Jesus process or any other kind of process. How do our programs and how do our our weekly ministries help to fit in that process and help to accomplish that end product. And so I think we have to start with end product. We have to create a process and then we have to work that process, you know, in, in conjunction with our, our programming to accomplish the end product. And I think when we do that, very strategically thinking, uh, putting the right team together, um, I think, I think when we do that, we'll produce, by God's grace and by the power of the Spirit, will produce what Jesus intended for us to produce, which is which are disciples who are making disciples. Now you know, David, um, <clears throat> as you think about product and you think about process, most church leaders they think about that. Then, then their next step in their mind is okay. So it's my job as the pastor, kids pastor, student pastor, next gen pastor, to. Uh, now create programs along that process that produce that end result. That's my job. And and many times parents are kind of left somewhat out of the loop. Right. Because that's all church programming that's going to make that transformation. But you think about it differently, don't you? Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I do think about it differently. Uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time here really thinking about how we could really go back to what God intended for the parent. And, and really elevate their role rather than diminish it. And I think sometimes unintentionally we in the church are doing, are doing things that, uh, and again, I think it's, I don't think it's malicious. I think it's completely well intended. I, 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 I think it's 
in some cases, very much unintentional, but we cut parents out of that. In other words, we create these experiences for the child or the student, um, and then the parents are off somewhere else doing something else. And, and I think that that's unfortunate. And I think when we, in, in kids ministry, um, children's ministry, family ministry, student ministry, when we're putting together our programs, when we're putting together our process, we have to think about the role of parents and how we can get back to encouraging and challenging and training and investing in those parents so that they can take up the role that God ultimately intended for them to be, you know, that lead faith trainer, the one who is ultimately responsible. You know, when I, when I stepped into kids and family ministry, I had an individual uh, who approached me and, and really was being very complimentary and was, was, was really being very honoring to the responsibility that God had given to me. And, and he said something, something like this, and I'm not quoting verbatim, but he said, Hey man, you've got a really, really big responsibility. Now you've got all of these kids that you're spiritually responsible for. And, you know, I thought about that and, and, and while I agree that as a shepherd, as a pastor, my responsibility is to oversee my flock. I also disagree with that to the, to, to this, to this sense that I'm a father. I have, I have four children at home. Um, and, and I am spiritually responsible as a lead faith trainer, my wife and I for, for those four children, um, and every other parent and or grandparent or adopted parent is responsible also for theirs. And so while, while I, as a shepherd have a big responsibility, it doesn't all fall on me. It falls on mom and dad. And when I begin to really think through that and reading back through Deuteronomy six and reading back through God's commands of, you know, hiding God's word in our heart and, and leading our children and training them up. And when I look at Matthew 28, I begin to really recognize that that my role as a shepherd, as a kids and family pastor, my role is to go and intentionally seek after parents to create environments where they can learn and where they can grow, where they can be challenged to rise to the occasion of what Jesus has called them to do. And so that's what we've set out to do at First Colleyville. We have uh, written a very strategic process for parents and for kids. So, so basically, we're looking at mom and dad and saying, okay, what is it that you need to be going through? What steps in the process? We call that our family path. You know, what steps in that family path do you need to be challenged and trained and intentionally invested in? in order to accomplish what God has called for you to accomplish. And we, we call, you know, there are many steps in our, in our, in our process. Uh, but essentially we want to do a couple of things. One, when a child is transitioning from one place to the other, or there's this, you know, this season in that child's life, we want to acknowledge that that thing is happening. For instance, uh, we just recently uh, were celebrating family dedication. And, and that's a step in our process that we want to acknowledge, that a mom and a dad are taking up this challenge, this responsibility to be that lead faith trainer. We want to acknowledge that. We want to celebrate that. And we do that on a Sunday morning context where we present those families to our church and we celebrate that together as a church. But then we want to train them for the upcoming season. In other words, they're saying, hey, I want to be the lead faith trainer. I've got this new child or this new adopted child or you know, whatever the case may be, we're bringing these children into our family and, and they're recognizing that they're saying, Hey, we, we want to commit to do some things. We want to, 
we want to dedicate our family. And then my responsibility as a shepherd is, okay, well, then let us train you how to do that. Let us come alongside you and equip you as a believer, as a lead faith trainer of your home. Uh, let us equip you and train you on what's coming up. And so that's how we do that at First Colleyville. It's, it's, we're writing our processes and we're writing, you know, our path. We put those things together specifically and intentionally thinking about mom and dad, what they would be going through at certain seasons of their child's life, what trainings that they would need to be able to rise to the occasion, um, what, you know, what uh, challenges they may be facing as their child grows, both you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, and how we can partner with them to, uh, you know, to train them how to do that. So, so we are very much intentionally uh, including mom and dad as a part of our ministry. And what I tell, so when, when I consult or when I speak or when I do breakouts or, or I'm in conference settings, what I tell kids, pastors, student pastors, family, you know, family pastors, I tell them that, um, especially kids pastors, your job is not just to look at the child anymore. Your, your job is to look at mom and dad and your job is to consider yourself as not only a kids pastor, but an adult pastor in a sense. Um, because for every child that we have, they have adults connected to those children and we need to be responsible to ad addressing those adults and challenging them and training them to be, you know, that lead faith trainer and putting some things together that would help mom and dad come to faith in Christ if they don't know Christ, helping them to grow in their faith and get connected, you know, with the church, get connected with Christ, get connected with a group. That becomes my responsibility as a kids and family pastor. And, and so I have to be shepherding all of those that are, um, you know, that are under my care and that includes mom and dad. And so that's why we, we, um, you know, while we, while we do it the way that we do it and why we strategically and, and instrumentally put things together to um, to help mom and dad in that way. So as mom and dad are walking with their child through their um, early years, their elementary years, there are key milestones along the way, key pivot points along the way. Right. Where you acknowledge that growth stage for that That's child. Exactly right. You equip the parent, say, now in this stage, here's where they're going to be ready to do this. And, and mm -hmm. then the parent becomes the primary person to walk with their child, even to the point of training the parent how to lead their child to Christ, training the parent how to have devotion right. with their kid, training their parent even to the point of baptizing their own children. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because they're yeah, the lead faith exactly trainer. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And Because, look, here's the thing. You know, parents are, are, are with their children 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I mean, as a kids and family pastor, my team, we may get them best, best case scenario. If they come every Sunday, they come every Wednesday, we get them, you know, a hundred times a year. Well, we all know that that's not going to be the case. They're not going to come every Wednesday. They're not going to come every Sunday. You know, they're going to be illnesses. They're going to be special occasions. They're going to, you know, whatever the case may be. So we, and in, in this ever changing complexity of the family, um, you know, they're blended families. There are, you know, all those kinds of, of challenges where we're just not going to get them as much as maybe we once did. So we have to we have to work smarter and, and, and we have to work in the way that God intended us to work. And, and so we have to go back and and identify moms and dads as the key component in this scenario. And we have to come alongside and train them 
Plus, you know, when you think about it, um, for me as a parent, one of the greatest joys that I'll ever have is to lead my children to faith in Christ, for my wife and I to walk with them through a season, walk with them through a process, to watch those light bulbs go off in their head as we're talking to them about Christ and watch the Holy Spirit work in that. And it can be very discouraging to a parent to, to go through that process and then have someone else, whether it be a group leader, whether it be a pastor, uh, lead that child to Christ or, or, or take them through a process that mom and dad have been working so hard for. And so the, my intention is to put that back in the hands of moms and dads so that they can be a part of what is the greatest decision that that child will ever make in, in their life is to trust Christ. And, um, and, and we do even at, you know, like, as you, as you mentioned, we here at first, you know, at first Colleyville, we encourage dads who are walking with Christ and feel comfortable doing it. We encourage them to baptize their own children um, because that sets mom and dad up as the expert. It sets them up as that lead faith trainer. And so in that, in, in that scenario, when a mom and dad lead their child to faith in Christ and a dad baptizes that child, that child now begins to see that parent or those parents as the expert, as that lead faith trainer, so that when they have a crisis in their home, where do we think they're going to run? Well, they're going to run to mom and dad, and, and they're going to go to mom and dad who have been cultivating the gospel and, and investing the gospel and doing family devotional times and, and, and praying with their children and leading them to faith in Christ. And now having participated in baptism, they're going to go back to mom and dad and say, hey, I'm really struggling in this area. Can you help me? Rather than going, oh, my mom and dad don't know anything or they're not, in, they're disconnected. So I need to run to someone else. And, and so we're really trying to um, encourage moms and dads to take on the role that God has given them. Look, at First College, here's how we say it, Craig. We say the moment that God gifted a child to a parent, in other words, when God saw it fit to give that specific child to that specific parent, at that moment that God gave them that gift, he simultaneously called them to be the lead faith trainer of their home. And by, in, in an active walk with Christ, he will equip them to do what it is that he wants for them to do in that, in that relationship. And, and the church is a partnership in that. And, and so it's our honor and it's our privilege as kids and family pastors, as student pastors, those that are in this, this arena, it's our privilege and honor to walk with moms and dads and to help them to be successful in that area. Now, some would say, and I've had them say this, well, what if mom and dad don't want to do that? Well, we want to see kids to, you know, kids come to faith in Christ and we want to see them discipled. So if there's a mom and dad who don't want to take up that responsibility, if there's a mom and dad who, who are unwilling to do that, you know what, we'll step in and we'll, we'll be that for them. But the intention, by, we believe, based on the model of Christ and the heartbeat of God, is for parents to lead their kids in that way. And so we partner together and we work really hard to see that happen. And we're privileged and honored to do it. And, and we've watched God do great things through this type of strategic plan. Um, we have parents often regular coming to us for um you know, for training, they're coming to our courses, they're taking those steps with their kids, they're leading their kids to faith in Christ. And, and that really blesses our heart. And, um, and that's the work of, 
uh, of, of making disciples and disciple makers for a lifetime within kids and family ministry. Well, I tell you, it just really empowers the parents. Absolutely. And, and you come alongside them. It's very much Ephesians 4.12, equipping the saints for the work yes. of ministry. And uh, David, thank you so much for your leadership and your vision, uh, because we are seeing families making disciples right in their home, and we're seeing Amen. the joy of that. And uh, yes. it's a blessing to those families, and it's a blessing to our church. So thank you so much for your leadership there. And if you'd like to know more about how to do this, how to make disciples and make disciples in the context of kids' ministry or in the context of the family, go to disciplefirst.com for podcasts and resources. Also, go there to find out more about our Flashpoint Conference where you can go to uh, live teaching and interactive breakouts talking about topics just like this. Until then, go make disciples. <music>